do something that's going to make you come alive and that's going to to you know if it can help somebody else in the meantime like do that To the passion behind the art show. It's all about diving in with individuals to learn the story behind their passion. It's your host, Daryl Pink. Well, I am super excited to have my brother. Like literally, my brother from another mother, <laughs> Doctor Eden. Uh, thank you, sir. It is good to be back. <laughs> Always a good seeing your face and hearing your voice. Yeah, for sure. Likewise, man. Um, man, it's been a while, and <laughs> it's been a it's been quite a year and and change. Like it's a year yeah. now since the oh, it's a year since at least on my end, we in Georgia when everything shut it down. Yeah, it's, yeah. I was gonna say today it was today seventeenth. Yeah, yeah, I think us, we everything shut down. It was like the thirteenth or fourteenth. Mm-hmm. The agency. Um, yeah, I think my last day in the office was the fifteenth. Yeah, the, the agency that I was at today is the day we had that meeting. It was like yeah. at this time I was home. I was working from home that day. We had that meeting, and it was just like we're shutting down. Today was the day. Mm-hmm. Is that nice. crazy? It is crazy. And I guess it would have been a year before that that we saw each other at Creative South, right? Yeah. And had the, the initial... So I guess it's like two years since? Yeah. Man. Dang. Time flies, doesn't it? <laughs> it's like we just we just lived like... We just lived like three years within... <laughs> the, last, the last 12 months. 2020 January and February was like a year and then March hits and from like March to like the summer it's like a whole nother yeah. year yeah I, I know a lot of people are you know saying like up through November December now that it's gotten back to, to March they're like yeah we are currently on day number 372 <laughs> March 2020 uh, that is the truth it feels like it at times but yeah um, it's definitely different in Georgia, and yeah. that's probably a little bit different for you too. But like, it's different in Georgia for the most part. Like, things are feet. There are places where are times when I feel normalcy coming back. Oh, really? Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, is that in regards to businesses sort of opening back up, or mm-hmm. well, businesses? Well, in Georgia, business or- have been a lot of businesses have been open back up. Now, some yeah. you only could do like takeout or whatever, but yeah. like, yeah. you know, there's some dines, a lot of dines actually opening back up and have been open back up. So you just kind of navigate whatever their requirements are, whatever the case may be. But they're like, people are like letting people back in to like, we need to make some money, which is <laughs> understandable. Yeah. Yeah. So I hear that. So how's it on your end? Like, uh, not too, I mean, on all honesty, like with working from home, uh, I've definitely, uh, if anything <laughs> last year sort of, 
taught me was to sort of see privilege where I didn't necessarily see it before. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I was able to basically stay employed for an entire year and work from home. Yeah. Uh, I didn't feel a lot of what everyone else felt last year. Um, Granted, we all had the teepee scare early on, mm. and if that's the worst of it, I I feel horrible even joking about that. Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, true. But uh, but uh, but yeah, it's it's been um, honestly, I it's going to be hard going back to the office mm. uh, if and when that happens. I I do think there's going to be a massive shift uh, for brick and mortar companies i know that uh people are going to be looking at bottom dollars and basically being like we paying how much a month in rent on this office 10-story office building uh shoot yeah let's can this Mm -hmm. and downsize to something you know where the execs could come in and hr could be there and you know building and grounds and stuff like that but shoot like Everybody work from home and we'll save, you know, millions of dollars pretty quickly. Um, And for me, I've gotten, you know, at least an hour and a half back a day uh, from a commute. (laughs) And um, which means that I have, you know, an hour and a half more with my family. But it also means that I'm allowed, not allowed, but I get to have, you know, three meals a day with all of my family as opposed to, you know, um, dinner. Typically breakfast was a, a shotgun approach to, Hey, love you. Bye. Gotta go out the door. Um, and you know, you miss that window and that commute goes from a half hour to 45 (laughs) minutes to an hour real quick. (laughs) (laughs) I got stuck behind another dag blame school bus. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, and forget it if it rains. Yeah. Just, just uh, automatically tack on another thirty minutes, just because people are stupid. Yeah. Um But um, so it has been absolutely amazing uh, to be able to be with the kids during the day. And no, don't get me wrong. Like, I laughed real hard when I was talking with all my other coworkers. <laughs> They're like, oh, I can't wait for my kids to go back to school. When are the schools opening up? I got to get my kids out of the house. <laughs> like, I get it. Uh, there are days that it's just kind of like there. There are uh, five women in my house, and I need to bolt and bar the studio door just to <laughs> keep the estrogen at bay. Um, and I mean, they're all under ten right now. Well, except my wife is not. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but she's she's been homeschooling for five years, and so we were sort of ahead of the curve on a lot of this like work from home, teach mm-hmm. your kids. Thankfully, I haven't had to do a day job and teach my kids like I know a lot of parents out there are. Uh, I do hope that this will be something like everyone realizes. Oh snap! Like we all need good teachers because I can't do this. <laughs> And, uh, you know, hopefully that'll be something that uh, either uh, hopefully the government and school systems will wise up and pay the teachers what they're 
worth. Uh, I know there's some absolutely amazing teachers out there. I had definitely a handful of just phenomenal teachers growing up. I did run into an occasional teacher or two that was just like mailing it in because they're tenured and they sucked. But uh, for the most part, you look back on it and you realize, yeah, some of the students and the crap that they put up with, yeah, they... (laughs) they, Sure, man. They're they're allowed to have a bad attitude occasionally, but the ones that shined, in my opinion, were the ones that rose above it and showed up every day, game face. And they they met you where you were at. If you were having a good day, they were there. If you were having a bad day, they... All right, let's do math. We'll make it fun. I hate math. (laughs) It's so true, bro. And like my wife, she wants no part of homeschooling. (laughs) She's like, like, this is not my, cause like at one point, like I was like, we should do this. Like my profession is very remote friendly. Like we can hold it down. A hundred percent. And you know, we were building the van so we could just Uh like, we could just do this. She was like, nah, bro. It's not happening. You don't want to teach from the road? All right, kids. We're doing uh, social studies. We're going to look out the window. That's not for me. I need my separation. I can't wait for them to go back to school. (laughs) She's like, now she will get now. She will get them ready for school, like ready for when they got first day of school. Like Mm -hmm. my son, Mm -hmm. his first day of school, he was already reading. This was pre-K. Nice. Nice. So she'll get them ready. Already reading at at pre-K? Yes. Why is she not a teacher? She doesn't. She's like long term. No. <laughs> it's not good for anyone's health. <laughs> She's like, no. I'm good. I will end up strangling them. So, but even when you talked about the agency part, like for now, I know my job, they're not going to go remote. But what happened during the whole COVID is that it made everything more flexible. 100%. Now, because we did a whole how many months or a year or whatever, literally going to like doing remote. We did everything, client meetings, everything remote. So, so now if you're sick, you don't have to come in and you don't really have to use a sick day. Like if you're sick and you're able to work, you know, that's sick that you're able to work. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? That one where you're coughing and sneezing at your desk and everybody's like, especially now, like nobody, nobody wants you to be at work if you're coughing and sneezing. Allergies, no allergies, no allergies, nah. Oh, it's just allergies. It's not COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Nah. So, you know, so that part is definitely, because my commute is like two hours. Oh, sake i mean that's back but back and forth is that one way two hours no no not one okay no my wife would be like why are we doing this why are we doing this Uh, yeah yeah so but yes but definitely covid has opened doors for us to be able to like people are having family situations and i remember like one co-worker like kids weren't back in school so him and his wife had to alternate so the job was down with him working remotely some days during the week like before yeah. COVID, I don't think we'd be able to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it definitely and I've opened heard, doors. I've, I've had conversations with some friends of mine uh, that are older that basically they are like sharks at companies where they go out and negotiate business, you know, acquisition deals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, talking with them, it was kind of like, yeah, 
we can definitely tell that Johnny's not being as productive as he had been when he was in the office. Like, can't wait to get back in the office to make sure productivity is up. Um, because he is the one on the staff that's got a family at home type of mm-hmm. a thing, it, which yeah. it hurt my heart to hear that. I understand where they were coming from as that person that is looking at bottom lines and dollars and productivity type of thing. But, um, I've definitely wired a little differently. Right. <laughs> uh, but, um, it has, it has been good, uh, to sort of see a little bit of everything. Like I think everyone sort of loosened up now. Mm-hmm. You definitely are going to have agencies and, uh, owners, bosses that are, I don't know how to put this nicely. (laughs) Uh, Control freaks, maybe micromanagers where, you know, your computer gets uh, mouse tracking software. And really, yeah, I've had a couple of conversations with some friends where that's been the case of, you know, the web, you know, basically their screen is being recorded all day long. And, you know, if the mouse doesn't like, depending on how much the mouse moves versus, you know, how long they're in a document. And they basically have this formula. It's like, you weren't very productive because you worked in on this one project for the entire. Seriously? Yeah. Some of it. And it's just kind of like completely demoralizing from a, an employee standpoint, like, like that just told me now you don't trust me no matter what like a hundred percent hundred percent and I tell you what like I I could see it from the boss's perspective like oh they know that we're watching they'll be productive from an employee standpoint what that would do to me yeah I would work to do that and then it would just be it, I would hit the wall where it would be a a point of uh screw this uh no and i would i would (laughs) quickly figure out i don't know if you've seen these like memes or videos people like duct taping their mouse to an (laughs) oscillating fan with a stick and it's just like the mouse is just going across crazy like like, they productive today yeah exactly and so it's kind of like if if that is sort of how the boss views them Mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to try to figure out how to shoot in the bird any right. chance to get because right. there isn't that, um, uh, I don't know, it's just demeaning, demoralizing. Yeah. And, and in all honesty, I mean, I'd rather just have a conversation and be like, look, I trust you. I hired you because I trust you and you're a good worker or, you know, you do good work. Don't prove me wrong. And if we're having issues of productivity, I expect to be called out on it type of a thing as opposed to waiting for quarterly or annual review where it's like, hey, yeah. uh, So how much work do you actually do during the day? It's like, uh, what do you mean? Well, you know, and then, you know, it shouldn't be a surprise. Right. Um, So I I, I think it's stuff like that's garbage. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I don't know. Well, you know what I think, but and, and just to kind of wrap this part up, it's just like, we are blessed. Yeah. We're blessed. And that's what 
2020 and this whole thing is really kind of etched in my brain. Yeah. I don't, and I know you're kind of like me. It's like we are ambitious and we want to build things and we want to take whatever it is to the next level. But 2020 showed me that, bro, you have a lot currently. You have a lot. Chill out. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's uh it's interesting how full you can fill the plate. It's like going to a buffet. I can fit I can fit another slab of freelance on here. I can I can I can squeeze in there's room for this. And then you're in it and you're like Why did I do this? I got I got regret. I got food regret. <laughs> so true. Uh all right, so let's jump into this. We sure. are in the episode. If you were listening, we are in the episode. Yes. Oh, yes. I think so. Um, <laughs> so I shoot this to you because this is something that, that I live by and I kind of wanted to hear your perspective on it. And um, if you would keep it in the same order, what would you do uh-huh. differently? Or if you, you know what I mean? And it's, it's routine drive and strategy and i posted that on instagram and it definitely got a little bit more engagement than i thought because it wasn't like fancy but it did um strike people's interest i kind of wanted to kind of talk talk it out with you and see your thoughts that's something that i currently live by and um so when i sent that to you what came to your thoughts and mind Oh man, I'll tell you one thing, like when I went and was looking at your availability on your Calendly, I was like, bro's got spots open at 5 a.m. in the morning. It's like, I need to move out to the West Coast to schedule one of those slots. <laughs> no, 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 that's backwards. You need to move out to California <laughs> for yeah, me to schedule to one of those slots. Um, but uh, uh, honestly, there's I a reason behind trying- that, but. There is there? Yeah, there is. <laughs> I would. I. I'm, but you, I'm but I'm laughing curious. so hard because you're not the first person, especially people from the East Coast. They're like Daryl. Why in the world? Do I think even Mike asked me that. He was like, "Why do I need to do this? Why do I need um, to book a call?" I know why you do it. I know exactly why you need to do it. And honestly, I have been on a like. I have got to stop being a night out train for so freaking long i like 10 o'clock happens second wind and i cannot shut it off until like one o'clock in the morning and and that's if i take like melatonin or something <laughs> like a lot of times it's two o'clock and and i'm i'm like crap i gotta get up in like five hours <laughs> it's like but i am the juices are going and yeah. i have i am on this and so uh my i would say your the reason you're getting up at 4 four thirty to make these five o'clock meetings is uh well you have four reasons to do that um <laughs> with, with your kids uh you get some peace and quiet early in the morning when you're fresh um and i know a lot of people you know they say i am super fresh first thing in the morning like i that's when i dedicate to you know sketching or ideating or mm-hmm. you know working through uh problems um 
it's sort of like taking a, a bath or a shower or going on a run. Like the minute you don't have something or an ability to record an idea or capture a solution, mm-hmm. that's when that's when your brain will unlock that problem and, and solve it for you. Um, and I know a lot of people function that way super early in the morning. Um, well, I lose the battle to the alarm clock all the time. You know what, man? I was in that state. Now, like what you said, those reasons are the reason. And also like, there's actually like, there's an an international, like when I have an international guest, Oh, that's also another reason. But, um, look at you big time. Uh, no, it's not even that. Not (laughs) even that. I'm just average Joe, man. Um, you're more than average Joe. Maybe a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. Yes. (laughs) But no, I, I had not thought about that perspective, but I I have talked with uh, Dave Clayton over in, mm-hmm. in UK and it's like, yeah, yeah we got to get up at six o'clock yeah. or start recording at six o'clock to make it happen in line up with his schedule. So, yeah, yeah. Is that like, that's, that's like midday sense. for them. Yep. That's like midday. So, but, you know, I say that to say, like, I had to transform because like most of us creatives, like, especially because of college, that's what mm-hmm. started for me. Like I turned into this enormous night owl, night owl. and yep. that was hard to break. Because when I started a career, like I had like five, six, seven alarms, and none of them did anything. <laughs> they didn't do anything. Yeah, it was just like snooze, snooze, snooze. And I did some very small things, like I moved my phone further, mm-hmm. and one that I learned. After you start getting up early for a period of time, like your body starts adjusting and you start shutting down earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And just takes a little while to get to that point. But once I got to that point, like now, I, my, like four o'clock is early, no matter what. That's early. But like, I can't sleep past 630. Like my body won't let me. Man. I say my kids won't let me. My body would. My kids won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after a while, I just can't sleep past a certain time. But yeah. make no mistake, four o'clock is early, no matter what. Yeah. Like I'm pushing. I would need coffee time. IV at that point, <laughs> and I don't drink coffee. I'm a tea and chai guy, dude. Like you see, these are the things. This is why I love you, bro. I'm a tea guy. Yes. Tea. What's your favorite? So because of my island roots, ginger tea. Right okay. One of my favorites. I'm gonna have to try that. I've not ever tried a ginger tea. Yeah. My go-to is usually like a, a peppermint or definitely a... love any kind of mint. I'm okay. Down. Have down. you ever had a bangle spice no tea? Bro, no. you gotta go check that out. I'm I'm willing to. It is good. I'll shoot you a, it's a seasonal celestial seasonings okay. brand. Yeah, I posted something on my story and I was just talking about teas and I was like trying to see what other people drink and like I got some references. So I got like a list. So I'm going to add that to my list. Like, good. Definitely a tea guy. I got turned on to that back, uh, shoot, six, seven years ago. My coworker, she was fixing a cup and I was like, that smells amazing. What is that? It's about the only thing I'll buy like that and peppermint. All right, uh, so before we go off again, let's jump back on to... Oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're trying to broadcast here. 
Well, I was going to say, that, that, I mean, that's part of routine for me. Yeah. It's, and no, nah, you you know what? I take that back. Like, this is literally, we are talking about it. Yeah, we are talking about it. Now that I think about it, even because sleep is a part of it. Yeah. Like, all of this is a part of it. You know what I mean? So, would you keep it in the same order as me? Routine like, drive strategy? Like, literally, that's the um, order. That's the thought. And I could tell you why the thought is, why I have that I, thought. I believe that that is probably in the correct order. How I live the order is different. <laughs> well, uh, you know what I mean? That's the, that's the goal. Like, yeah, I don't think, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? But, Would, um, I am curious as to why strategy isn't first. Why well, is that? Why strategy isn't first? Because I don't feel like, especially starting out, we have it together and okay. sometimes uh, yeah 100 sometimes and i feel like as we grow strategy can always change okay like you could add something you could take something away i feel like especially as because I, I think about it in the sense of like a creative and branding and building brands and mm-hmm. like a strategy changes all the time like you know and as you grow you add something or you take something away um, that you were doing or you weren't doing. You're doing a certain type of business. Like I'm always, I, I feel like strategy is something that you can evolve in always. You can always well, take it's gotta that away. it got to be changing as well. Yeah, you right. can't just fix it or set it and forget it. But I, I don't think that's initially, or I feel like you have to have some kind of rhythm to even be trying to think about strategy. Okay. You know, All right. That's what that's that's a that's that's my thought. Okay. Yeah, you know, and just to kind of dive into the rest of it because like for me, I feel like drive comes and goes. That's why it's second. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Comes and goes. Like sometimes you don't have to drive. It's like sometimes I real like all the time. Anything above five o'clock is hard. All the time. But like Sometimes I have to drive, sometimes I don't. Is that 5 o'clock a.m. or 5 yeah. o'clock p.m.? A.m. Okay. Yeah, 5 o'clock. Getting up at 5. When, like, getting up. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <clears throat> Anything before 5 is always hard. Like, 4.30, 3 mm-hmm. o'clock is, like, nightmare. Um, but I, Yeah, I'm usually going to bed about 3 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like a routine, like, gives me no excuses. True. It's just uh, like, if this you is can get I it do. in there, takes out yep. the emotion. Like, I don't mm-hmm. need drive after a while. If I, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes you yeah. have to drive, sometimes you don't, but this is my routine. Okay. Uh, so I would honestly a- like part of that. The reason I ask is because I feel like that is part of your strategy. Like, your routine is part of your strategy. Mm. Um, yeah. And- yes, that is actually true. Yes. Because technically, the so, whole thing is a strategy in itself. That okay, yep. yeah, definitely okay. I definitely agree with you on as you know, college grads, and even like I'd say the first five years, maybe first decade of your career, you're you know just running and gunning and you know blasting whoever and wherever you can your your work and your portfolio trying to to make a name for yourself. Uh, I didn't run and gun as hard as I thought I was. I think there was a lot of time spent playing 
video games because mm-hmm. there wasn't that strategy like you were saying you don't necessarily have um early on mm-hmm. uh, but the drive was there it just right. was sort of like turning a pressure on a you know uh, fireman's hose mm-hmm. and just yeah. <laughs> watching it go every direction you're like i look how productive i am <laughs> the fire's over here dude <laughs> you're blasting everybody else but you know like some of this stuff is like i feel like it comes with like i feel like wisdom plays a part oh 100 and i feel like wisdom only comes with time yep. and 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 making mistakes right true because the ideal way is, is you want to be listening to people but we we're not that great at that who's got time to listen to people that are smarter than you when you're young <laughs> we, we are not that great at that you no. know what i mean not until you're at a certain age you realize you know what i can't actually go and read books yeah <laughs> yep i 100 <100% laughs> percent used to just listen to straight up music for the first 10 15 years of my career and then it got to the point of like I should really be learning and learning and listening to people that have been there, screwed up, figured out what they did wrong and fixed it. So that's where I started listening to a lot of podcasts going. Mm-hmm. I got I got way more to catch up on mm-hmm. than than what I thought. I think even Jessica Hish posted a tweet or something back last month or something where it was you know your 20s are spent you know, just running and gunning and doing whatever you want, figuring it out. And your thirties are spent, you know, figuring out what you did wrong, what you did right. Mm -hmm. And then your forties are spent, you know, questioning everything. I'm botching it, but I'll, I'll, uh, I'll see if I can find it and send it to you. But it was, it was interesting just sort of, you know, when you, have the opportunity to sit back and look at things. And I think that's sort of where the strategy comes in when mm-hmm. you know, have people that are smarter than you that tell you, you know, sit down, make a goal for yourself for the year. You know, what do you want to do? Whether it's getting out of debt or sending out, you know, I want to sp- send out five resumes a week, mm-hmm. you know, till I land something that you can go back at the end of that year or that month or that quarter and go, I hit this, I hit this, I hit this. And, um, I mean, one of the, this, at the time I thought it was stupid, but my mom, whenever there was like a chore list or to do list, Mm -hmm. she would, if she got something done that wasn't on her list, she wrote it down so she could cross it off. (laughs) But it works. Yeah. I was like, okay. Because if not, you're just sitting there and you're like, crap, it's, it's five o'clock. It's, uh, you know, what did I get done today? And then you, you realize like, okay, I did that. I did that. I did that. Mm-hmm. None of this was on my list, but I got a bunch of stuff done. You know what you have to be careful of is when your list starts going into like, I watched a YouTube video on how to fix this or uh, how do you do that or how to get my microphone and camera to work. Right. That's when you, that's when you need to go, okay. You have a problem. (laughs) Strategy, get a routine, do that afterwards. That's, you know, you obviously have a drive to figure this stuff out, make a time and put it in your routine and be strategic about it. But you know, there's something you said about the goals. And this year, um, somebody in know, he was talking about like goals and he mentioned something. And I never really thought about it. And I, if I did it, it was, just by pure coincidence, but it's having 
checkpoints throughout this gold. Ah. And I never thought about it. But he was like, how in the world do you even gauge that you are on the right course? Or you're even on oh, the right yeah. pace? Or if you're where you're supposed to be? Like, if you did you lose momentum? Are you gaining momentum? Like, if you don't have checkpoints. Because usually you, you set these goals and you, or, and then he said, or if this goal was even realistic in the first place. <laughs> yeah. I never thought about the checkpoints. I don't think like if I did it, it was just pure by pure like happenstance, but I never actually made a plan for checkpoints also in my goals. What would you think about it? That is super smart and being able to to measure and have those checkpoints where you can say yeah i need to step up or i need to make more ambitious goals i think is very important i i have not been a strong goal setter it's one of those things i'm trying to do mm. better um i think diane was one of the first ones to introduce me to the smart goals Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I was like, okay, I, I would never put the specifics to a lot of them, or I would make them too big of a bite. Mm-hmm. And then I would, I would choke on the goal and quit. <laughs> Someone would have to Heimlich my goal out of me. And then, uh, then I, you know, okay, uh, I'm not going to do that anymore. But, um, yeah, I, that's that's smart, and I think if you can figure out how do you how do you do you have it set up that you check in on the goals like at a specific time? Yeah, like um, I mean, I just after I literally just heard it like last month, so I'm implemented in my in, in my stuff now. But like after a certain, if what you kind of decide if it's just like a certain time, a certain like specific mm-hmm. to the like the time of day. Like, when do I Uh check on? So it could be like, okay, every month I'm checking at 12 o'clock to see where I'm at, you know, but like just that. And and the thing is, it's like, just like how the actual goal needs to be specific. And for those who are listening, like make it as, make your goal as specific as even like with numerical kind of specifics. Like if it's if it's like a monetary goal, you should put a number. Yes. If it's like whatever it is, like say for example the podcast, if it's download goals, don't put like, oh, I, I shouldn't like me personally, I shouldn't be saying okay, I want to double my downloads. No, I should put <laughs> a number to it. So just like how specific well, a goal that, should be. That is a number, right? If you've got. You know, yeah, yeah, a hundred thousand a month, mm-hmm. and you're looking to do two hundred thousand a month. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, so yeah, to, yeah. Being able to put it, I think the month is that key point. Like you right. could say, I want to double it. Double it when? Do you want right. to double it yeah. five years? Yeah, do you yeah, want to yeah, double yeah. it in a year? Do you want to double it, you know, in a month type of thing? If you're going to double in a month's turnaround time, you you got some work cut out for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but, but also making a checkpoint as specific as yes. the goal. Yes. Which it's hard, but it it also makes me feel like, hmm, is this even attainable? 
having the checkpoint helps yeah, you gauge like, whether it's attainable. Yeah, like, is this attainable? Like, was I just being like, because I'm, I at times, I think I'm doing better, but I at times can make the goals a little bit like it's big, but the time frame is not correct. So, like, for example, a goal yeah. that I could be setting for a year. It actually should probably take like five years to get there. Okay. But I'm, I'm thinking I could get it done in a year. You know what I mean? So I feel like a checkpoint would is now it makes me feel like, okay, I could definitely be gauging if this is even like, if I need to adjust the numbers. Yeah. That's what the checkpoint now it makes me feel like I feel a little bit more control because you ever, you ever set a goal, you'd be like, man. Like, am I even making headway? It's like... Oh, it's, yeah, it's way easy to get <laughs> lost in the weeds of, like, am I even swimming to the right <laughs> point it's anymore? Um, I was going to say, I think, um, and to go back to smarter or the SMART goal, um, anybody that's not familiar with it, it's specific, measurable, actionable, results-focused, time-bound, and then um, Peter uh, Del Tondo from um, the Unfold Group, mm-hmm. uh, he introduced me to smarter goals, which you'd have the specific, measurable, actionable results and time. But then he added an ER, so smarter goals, where you would then evaluate and reward, which I think is exactly what you're talking about with the checkpoints. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reward was basically like, Hey, you hit your goal. If, no, you know, like <laughs> I've got, I've got at least three books that I've ordered that are still in cellophane. That I was like, I, I will not allow myself to open these books until I have finished this freelance project, finished this, you know, thing, like and that. then like finished a, you know, like another another book. Like those are my art of Spider Verse and art of you know mm-hmm. whatever. And I, I've been trying to work through uh, Douglas Davis's um, creative strategy in the mm-hmm. business of design book uh, because I realized that in this world of design, communication arts, marketing, and advertising, I got the education of the artist and did not get the education of a you know marketer, mm-hmm. advertiser, business person. Mm-hmm. And so, especially now in the setting that I'm in, they're extremely like goal driven and performance driven. And a lot of times I struggle knowing, you know, how do I determine what, how successful I'm being? Mm-hmm. Um, because they've got, you know, sales qualified leads that they are all gauged and, mm-hmm. and rated on. Mm-hmm. But as far as like the creative input for a lot of that a lot of times that either just comes back and says yeah the ad you designed me didn't perform right like well was it the ad or was it the copy or was it the 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 fact that you bought a 10 by 50 pixel web banner that no one is gonna see right um so i mean yeah it's it's it that's a, a big goal here in the last uh, couple of months to be better equipped to talk educatedly, communicate with the marketing team mm-hmm. to to not just come at it from a 
perspective of like, well, this is the font and colors we're using. Don't you can't change that, but be able to talk to them and so that every decision that you've made on how you laid out the ad is directly tied to a goal that they have and you're able to articulate it cleanly mm-hmm. and get them on board and go, okay, yeah, let's make this work. Let's build this together uh, as opposed to being, you know, why are you messing mark- with my colors? Yeah. Well, <laughs> even that, or, uh, why are you messing with my, um, my ads and stuff like that? Well, you know, it's, it com- it's completely baffling from a, a designer's perspective when you got you know marketers and advertisers coming to you and they ask you to build a website or a landing page and then it gets launched and then they're checking the numbers on their back and they're like I've only got five people that have like visited the site like what's wrong with the site is the site broken why aren't people visiting and clicking through to the website he's like are you telling them about it or are all of the other marketing, you know, Marketo constant contact email blasts that you do? And are, are you sending them to a, you know, uh, an ebook or a Vimeo page or a YouTube ad, you know, or whatever, like you're, we're not sending them to the same place, but you know, then it, then it gets to be, unfortunately, if you, it could get into a pissing contest right? where it's, you know, creative don't tell marketing how to do their job and then right. you know vice versa where where you got marketing going no it's because you didn't design a, a good website for me right 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 so there there definitely has to be strategy and honestly you got to get into a routine mm-hmm. with doing that of like yeah. hey we're going to check in and a lot of times i think there's just a a the opposition to being flexible like no this is what i want so give it to me mm-hmm. uh, as a as problem solvers our goal is to figure out what the problem actually is i don't know i mean case in point this uh this last client that i had came saying that their problem was we don't have a website we need a website in a month to which I was like, you probably don't have enough money to make that happen. Um, and, which they didn't. And so, you know, talking through that with them, it was kind of like, okay. Uh, and I legit sent an email and turned them down. I was like, yeah, it's, I can't make that happen. Yeah, you know, um, I can send you some names. Uh, and then I woke up. I was like, what did I just do? <laughs> and I, I wrote back. I was like, hey, look, I think there's bigger problems that we need to talk about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just by having a conversation and talking them through things, they came to the conclusion on their own without me that they needed to rebrand and rename the company. Mm-hmm. Um, which was nice because then they asked me to do the rebrand project as well. And so it's like, sweet, this website turned into a rebrand a website and potentially an e-commerce and advertising and marketing mm-hmm. campaign that we're looking at three phases now, as opposed to just putting up a website. A, yeah. A digital landing page mm-hmm. poster type of a thing. Um, so I'm, you know, you're not always going to get clients like that. Uh, when you do hold on to them, take care of them. <laughs> they see, are so much I better think, to work with. I think that, <clears throat> and 
as I, because for me, like I definitely was like an artsy creative, but like the strategy and the business part Mm -hmm. came a little bit faster to me. Really? Okay. I'm still struggling. I, I was very fascinated with that. Always fascinated with that, that, that side. Mm-hmm. You know, and now that I'm definitely immersed totally in that world, like in that example that you made, like I think, and tons of different people say this, but having a conversation mm-hmm. and to really come up with a good strategy at times, like you, do, it takes time before you even get to move even one pixel. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean. mean Honestly, part of strategy is asking the right questions to figure out what the actual problem is. Right. Because mm-hmm. I don't know how many times you've gotten a creative brief where it's been like, this is the problem. And then as you're reading it and talking with them, you're like, I know you said that this was the problem. I'm wondering if this is actually the problem. And, you know, that could go one of two ways. Ah, I've not thought about that. Or, no, that's not it. Just do what I asked you the first time. (laughs) Um, Hopefully, we all are blessed with coworkers and teammates that Mm -hmm. are the first where there's like, just talk it out. I've not thought about it from that perspective. I think empathy being sort of a strong trait or a strength of mine, Mm -hmm. like it's easy for me to do that and easy for me to go like, what's your problem? How come you can't see the importance (laughs) of this? Um, But being able to get, you know, both sides of the table to that um, frame of mind Mm -hmm. isn't always easy, Uh, but it's, it's extremely important. And sometimes like I'm learning, sometimes you just, Hey, I just need you to do this because you could make a you could make a case till you're blue in the face, and <laughs> yeah. uh, you're gonna die on that sword and mm. either get canned or be labeled a difficult creative to work with. Right. And I don't think doing that does any favors for anybody, um, especially if you're not like the driver. Like if yeah. you're just a part of the the vehicle, it's hard mm-hmm. to do that. If you're the driver, then like you could definitely get away with that more. You know what I mean? You would be able to kind of ask more questions yes. until like, you know what I mean? But when you're not the driver, what that means is like if you're just a person on a team, mm-hmm. it's, it's just not at some point you're just going to have to be like, okay, this is what the client wants. Yeah. And I mean, some of that is trying to figure out where the like yeah picking which battles you're gonna mm-hmm. die on that sword type mm-hmm. of thing and um i think if that relationship is established to where you know they know that you have their best interest in mind and are working to solve their problems that goes a long way. Yeah. Um, it's when you are the hothead, hotshot 
my way or the highway. Right. You don't know what you're talking about. This is good design. That's when people immediately have a knee-jerk reaction to like, who is this pompous? Right. It's true. Idiot, all up in my face, like. And you know, <laughs> it, it it's funny you say that because like I feel like as creatives. You gotta understand, especially when you're working with clients, like you have to understand that like this is a partnership. Mm-hmm. Like the only way this project is gonna be successful is if you and the client do this together, not you do this. Yep. That's and, the only and, way. And to that point about understanding what the problem is, I'm glad to start hearing other creatives and designers and business entre- you know in the creative industry start talking about the fact that like when a client comes to you with the problem like listen to them mm-hmm. they know their business better than you or sh- or should know their business right. inside and out whereas you're coming to the like okay here's the 30,000 foot view mm-hmm. you're not going to trip on any of the details right but you get into that project and you're going to start seeing things, you know, mm-hmm. learning a heck of a lot. It's true. And, and, and whatnot. So I think a lot of times designers can be hard to work with because they think they know everything. And it's like, oh, yeah, we're just going to make rad packaging and that's going to fix your, your sales problem. Uh, no. <laughs> what you're going to do is you're going to get other designers to buy a product that either, you know, They'll never buy again because it tastes horrible or performs horribly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I got a crap ton of <laughs> crap ton of stuff I bought because it looked good. Mm-hmm. Tried it, it was like this sucks. This is right. garbage. Uh, I remember Steel Reserve beer can won a bunch of awards in CA mm-hmm. uh, back in early two thousands. Yeah, I went out and uh, and bought one because I was like that thing is so good looking and rad and. I'm not a beer drinker. I don't like the taste of it, but this, it was, it was nasty. It was straight up. Like I hear people have call it piss beer or pissy beer or whatnot. Mm. Like, yeah, I was like, no, nope. here, anybody want this? Cause this is, I'm going to, I'm dumping it out. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it design, I think, and this is a, another thing I think we as designers have to do is we have to understand we're not designing for other designers. Mm. Mm. It's hard because you want that pat on the back from your right. peers. You're like, hey, I saw what you did. That it was really, awesome. really good. It was really, really smart. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, because a lot of times those nuances, the client could care less about. Right. Uh, I mean, I know everybody went crazy when they find the arrow in the FedEx. I'm just sort of like, I guarantee you that was a happy accident. That's a Bob Ross all day long in my book because Mm -hmm. you put the E and an X together and you make an arrow. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, storytelling is where I think that's successful because they're always moving forward they're always you know taking care of the packages mm-hmm. and you're going from one destination to the other i don't know if the design community is now going to exile me for saying what i just said about the fedex logo but 
Um, but yeah, I think, I don't know. Am I crazy for saying that? No. Um, I mean, so at the end of the day, like, I feel like design and a logo, and sometimes we get a little bit too crazy about a logo. And, yep. and, well, because and, we want to be in that logo book. Right. And we, be in the like, we forget about function at times. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we forget about the backstory at times. Mm-hmm. We forget about, um, who it's for like what you said mm. like who it's mm-hmm. for we, yeah. we 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 want to get to do our thing we want to mm-hmm. make sure it's in our grid which is good and we should but we want to make sure it's not we want to make sure it's in what's it's 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 like what's trending or you know what we know that if i if doc sees this i know he's gonna like it yeah he's he's <laughs> put him down for a double tap <laughs> <laughs> but, I, and honestly, I, I've had a conversation with uh, a buddy of mine recently here in the last month, Sean Fox, and he he sort of said, you know, I, I had to come to the realization that I had to stop designing for the brand new blog or communication arts or dribble likes. I had to start designing for the client. And, uh, and that goes right back to the, you know, if we're designing for likes from our peers it's probably not serving the client right and i mean we all want portfolio pieces Mm -hmm. um but i think we overlook the marriage between a portfolio piece and a piece that serves the client it's true Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope it's been super valuable to you and you're now ready to take your audience building, your community growing to the next level. I'll be doing more of these where I talk to specific individuals that I know that are well experienced in a specific area to help you and help me build our empire for lack of a better word or just to build our thing. Um, remember to stop by iTunes, Passion Behind the Art, and leave a review and subscribe. It's very important to me. It helps the podcast grow, and it makes me feel good to kind of hear from you guys to know what you like about this podcast, what it's done for you. So jump on iTunes and subscribe and leave a review, Passion Behind the Art. Be blessed. <laughs>